Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. I told another photographer friend of mine, this is what I'm going to change my prices to. And she took one look at me and she said, they don't charge those prices. So what makes you think that you can charge those prices coming straight out the gate? So I said, well, it's not my problem that they don't know what they're worth. I'm going to charge what I'm worth. And when I still have moments where I'm not sure about my business because I'm still in the process of growing it, I have to tell myself, walk in your power. You are powerful, girl. Walk in it. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is Jasmine Newton with Javon Renee Portraits, and we have such a great show for you today. Jasmine is inspiring and determined and funny. And she's worked incredibly hard to believe in herself and to get her business where it is today. So Jasmine had this like chance encounter at a networking event and she she didn't even want to go to this networking event in the first place. But this encounter really motivated her to launch her business forward with new pricing and even better service. Jasmine does not hold back with sharing her story. And I absolutely loved interviewing her and having the chance to get to know her better. This episode is truly inspiring, and I hope you love listening to me and Jasmine chatting away. Okay, let's start the show. Hi, Jasmine. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Hello. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Where where are you right now? I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee. In Knoxville. Okay. Are you from Knoxville? No, not at all. I'm from Chicago, Illinois, so I'm definitely not from the South. Ah, I see. Okay, so you're from about four hours southwest of me. Yeah, cool. Definitely a shy town girl. Definitely from the shy, the hood that everybody talks about on the news. That's that's where I come from. Same hood that Michelle Obama came from. Oh no way! Mm-hmm. Wow, you're quite a bit younger than her, though, right? Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got a little bit of a say, gap there. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you guys went to school together because you look much younger. We did go to the same elementary school, and my brother went to the same high school she did. Oh, wow. Very cool. Small world. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to hear all about your photographic journey and just about your business and how you got to be where you are today. So would you mind taking us back to before photography and just tell us a little bit about what you used to do and and you know, that timeline there and how you found photography? So before photography, I didn't have any dreams of being in photography. I always thought that I was going to be basically a singer and an actress. Ah. And that's what I always, you know, when, when, when they would 
you know, talk to you in school. What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you see yourself 10 years from now? A singer and an actress, rich and famous and doing movies. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to be in Bad Boys. (laughs) I thought I was going to be Beyonce. And I actually did get to do a lot of things when it came to singing. I performed at places. I had a song on the radio. I did a lot of things. Wow. Not a lot of people can say they've had a song on the radio. That's really cool. (laughs) It was really, really cool. I mean, the way I jumped up and down when I heard my song playing, man, mm -mm. that's a feeling that I'm never going to forget. Oh, I bet. I bet. And it was because I won a contest. They had a contest on the radio station a bunch of people had to send in their demos and my demo got picked. And so my song got to be played on the radio. And after that, they chose me to actually be a DJ. They, they invited me to the radio station to, and I guess they just wanted to talk to me about what I thought about the radio station. I said, well, it's a sausage fest. There's only guys here. (laughs) And then he was like, so you think we need ladies? I was like, definitely. He was like, okay, you can work here next week. And I'm like, wait a minute. I wasn't talking about me. I don't know anything <laughs> about me. what. I'm sorry. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. <laughs> wow. And so they taught me how to use the boards and, and, you know, where you mess with the levels and the sounds and play the different songs and everything. And I became a radio personality and it got to the point where I got the most fan mail. So I can, I mean, maybe you can chop that up to the fact that I was the only girl, but I got a lot of fan mail <laughs> and I loved it. Or your personality very mm-hmm. well could be. Mm-hmm. Now, in, at this time, were you still in Chicago or were you in Knoxville already? I was not in Chicago, actually. I was in Chicago until I was 10 years old. And then at 10 years old, my mother's job moved us to St. Louis, Missouri. And so I was there from age 10 until 17. The day that I graduated, I should say the night, is when I moved to Green Bay, Wisconsin, the night that I graduated. And then I was in Green Bay, Wisconsin during the radio station days. Okay. And how long did you do that as a DJ? I was not there long. That was like 2005, so I was about 20 years old. I think I was only able to be there for about three months. And then they all of a sudden decided to change the format of the station from a hip hop station to like this smooth jazz station. It was just, oh, I was so upset (laughs) because we were doing so well and we had such a big fan base. But they just, they all of a sudden just decided to switch and they wouldn't even let the DJs back in the building to get their fan mail and recordings or whatever else you left in there. So it was just, the hip-hop station was just gone. I've heard that happening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with radio stations where you get no explanation Mm-mm. and then all of a sudden you're just gone. You're just gone. It's just something completely different. So wild. Right. The closest hip-hop station was about 30 minutes away in Appleton. And I wasn't going to, you know, travel 30 minutes back and forth. And the fact that they didn't let us back in, you know, there's something that they have called radio checks where every now and then while we were on the radio, you could record yourself and you would keep those recordings just in case you wanted to, you know, get another job at another station. They, mm-hmm. you, could, you could play your radio checks so they see how you sound on the radio. And my radio checks were there. I couldn't get them. But the good thing is that one of the program directors that was there actually about a month or so ago sent me the radio checks. So I finally <gasps> have them back. So I, it was oh, so cool, cool listening yeah. to how I used to sound back when I was 20 years old. <laughs> sounded so oh different. Oh my gosh. That's what a fun surprise to get that. Oh man. It was great. The jokes I yeah. used to play on the radio, hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. 
And then after that, I pretty much just did customer service. I was always a person that did customer service. I worked for Humana. I worked for Blue Cross Blue Shield. So I have a pretty fairly good knowledge about health insurance and how it should work. And then my last job was ADT. So I was answering alarms there. Mm -hmm. And then they fired me. They were like, you're not meeting the stats we want you to make. So we got to let you go. And that was after me being there for about six or seven years. Wow. You know, it's interesting because I just interviewed someone else too had been fired and it ended up being like a good thing for her because it prompted her to start her business because she got fired. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering like when you, when that happened, I mean, I'm sure at the time it's like, well, shit, what do I do now? But did that ultimately be a good thing for you to lose your job? It definitely turned out to be a good thing. I didn't see it then. I was really tired of customer service. Mm-hmm. I definitely had a feeling of, okay, well, what do I do now? Where am I? You know, I, I was tired of going into an entry-level job and not being able to to move up. Yeah. Because they always had me doing extra work or supervisor work or taking supervisor calls or even training incoming supervisors, but they never would allow me to be a supervisor. They were always just like, oh, we feel like you don't smile enough or we don't think you're coming off as approachable. So anytime that I would try to go for the, not even the supervisor job, the assistant supervisor job, I could never get it. So I was just sick of Mm. being at the bottom of the ladder and not getting to the top anywhere. Just That sucks. Entry-level job after entry-level job. So yeah. When they let me go, I did have that feeling like, well, what the heck am I supposed to do now? I don't really want to go and do that again. And my friends, I have a friend named Angelica and a friend named Donna. And they were like, okay, well, you have a camera. Why don't you start a photography business? And I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Because first of all, I had a camera and I used it to make YouTube videos. I used to have a YouTube channel. The only thing that I knew how to do on my camera was press the record button. That was it. I didn't know how to use all the other buttons. I didn't know anything about photography. I didn't know anything about starting a business. I felt like you had to go to college to know how to run a business. And I had never been to college before. So I didn't know anything about photography. I didn't know anything about running a business. So I thought it was the funniest thing. Like, Right, me. I'm going to write. I'm going to start a photography business. That really makes a whole lot of sense. But then... The idea kind of stuck. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was just like, well, let me see what all these other buttons do on this camera. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much how I got started. It was it was April 2015 that I got fired, which was it just happens to be right after I got married. Oh, geez. And it was... May that I spent the month of May learning how to use my camera. And then June is when I got my business license. Oh, that's pretty quick. Like you are pretty determined. I'm a quick, anything in the creative field, whether it's singing, writing, photography, drawing. I mean, I catch on to it like that. Like Mm -hmm. no problem. Now math, now I'm going to need a minute. You don't have to give me a minute. Hey, we all have our strengths. We all, (laughs) yeah, we all have our superpowers. That's for sure. Okay, so you decide you're going to learn all of this. You get your business license, and then did you just start charging right away, or did you know how to shoot at that point? Or so I did know how to shoot, sort of. You know, I I was pretty much 
kind of a natural. People have always told me that I I had an eye for it. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to the days where I thought I was going to be a singer and an actress, you know, I did the music thing. Once I became a mom, I lost my interest in music. And so I had to think about all the other things that I used to say because there was always like a whole range of things. You know, I felt like I needed options. If I don't become that famous singer and actress, what else do I want to be? Well, the next thing was like being the WNBA. But like, I'm five foot three. That was not happening. And then <laughs> right. I also thought that, you know, maybe a lawyer or maybe a photographer, at least photographer, it was somewhere in the line. Okay. But mm-hmm. I didn't know how you were supposed to run the business of photography. And I knew a few other photographers and, you know, they would charge like 150, 200, $300 at the most. So the person that showed me how to use my camera, which was my friend Angelica, you know, when she took my photos, she would charge me like maybe 150 bucks, maybe 200 bucks at that time. And so that's what I started. I started at 150. And then I would get people coming in and and I would take a bunch of pictures for them, put it on a, a CD. And, you know, and when it, was, it was more or less me saying, okay, do I like this? Can I take photos, edit them down, and send them out on a CD? And do I like doing that? That's what I did in the month of May before I got Mm -hmm. the license. Not only did I learn, not only did I take the pictures, but can I edit them? And can I figure it out? And I didn't even know how to use Lightroom. I had to learn how to use Lightroom. I already knew Photoshop. But once I figured, okay, I like doing this, that's when I decided to get the license and then start charging for my photo shoots, which is just $150 flat fee. Yeah, that's really smart to just, you know, try it out and make sure you like it before investing a ton of time and money in terms of getting a license and all of that. So Mm -hmm. that's really smart. But you started out more expensive than I did. I started out at like 50 bucks or like 75, I think I, I, I got up to. But I remember thinking that's what, you know, the next person is charging. Right. So it's like you do what you know and what's happening around you. And I think that's one of the problems with you know, when you have a saturated market of photographers who are undercharging, you'd kind of like, when you're first starting out, you don't know what industry standard is if no one around you is charging industry standard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely would look at other photographers and just kind of go off of what they were charging, what it felt like I deserved as well. Especially, you know, I had that whole, well, I'm a newbie. I don't exactly know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So... That was definitely on the mind. Well, you obviously liked it because you kept moving forward and you got the license. Mm-hmm. So how long did you stick with that kind of shoot and burn with the you know 150 bucks kind of mentality? So August is when I actually went from 150 to my packages started at 1200. Nice. That was fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, though. A lot of people don't get there that quickly and spend a lot of time charging next to nothing and burning out and they like reach a breaking point where it's either I have to do something or everything I've done is just like out the window and I'm done. Well, it took a minute for me to actually sell a package. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say I sold it. I said that's what what I changed my prices to. There's a difference. (laughs) Um, Okay, so so tell us this story. Like what prompted you to raise to $1,200 and then, yeah, tell us all, all about it. So I think it was probably late June or July when I was still charging 150 where I met someone, and you know her very well. Her name is Sarai. 
Mm-hmm. And she's just a ray of sunshine, that girl. Like, I was at some sort of networking event or breakfast for the city, and she happened to be there. And I was I was so bored. Nikki, girl, I was just sitting there like, I should not be here. This is so incredibly <laughs> boring. And it was one of those type of meetings where I guess the, the city kind of has a budget, and they're looking for vendors that they can work with for city projects and events and things like that. And these vendors go to that breakfast. And so I was told to go there by my business coach. Well, I met Sarai. She just walked over to me. You know, I, and it was right when I was having that I shouldn't be here moment, just sitting there by myself. Mm-hmm. She goes, hi, what's your name? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, I'm, hi, I'm, I'm Jasmine. Oh, I'm Sarai, what do you do? And I was like, I'm, I'm a photographer. Oh, I am too. And I was like, okay, cool. And at that point, I'm expecting her to, like, kind of walk off because anytime I've had interactions with other photographers up to this point, you know, once they find out I'm a photographer, too, they kind of walk off like, oh, okay, cool. And (laughs) it's like that whole— Yeah, like competition mode. Yeah, like, okay, nothing's happening here. Walking off. All right, good. But Sarai did not—she kept talking to me. She was just— Telling me what she does and showing me her work and and showing me her folio and the thing that folds up, the the pamphlet that folds up. Sue calls it a cantilever, but I had never heard that word before. I call it an accordion card. Right. So she was showing me her accordion card, her cantilever. Look, and I'm looking at her work like, okay, this girl, she okay, all right, all right, (laughs) Sarah, and she's just. She's just talking to me, and, and she's so excited, and she's so vibrant, and she's got so much energy. And she's like, we, we have you heard of Sue Bryce? And, and I'm like, no. And she's like, you should look her up. Let me, let me show you. And she was just, I mean, she was too excited. The girl was too excited, okay? <laughs> I was looking at this girl like she was nuts. And then she was like, we, we, should, we should have lunch. And I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm cool with having lunch. So I left that networking meeting, you know, planning to have lunch with her, thinking that she was halfway crazy. Like, why does she want to talk to me? She's another photographer. This is new. I'm not sure what to think about this. But then it was totally different at that lunch. We met at Panera Bread, and I sit down, and it was like business coach Sarai. It was like, okay, how much do you want your average sale to be? How much do you want to make a month? How many clients do you want a week? How much do you want to make in a week? How much do you want to make in a year? What type of clients are you after? And I'm just looking at her like, what the <laughs> heck is going? I don't know any of this. <laughs> I didn't know what so to good. do. And she's like, well, how much do you want to make a week? I was like, I don't know, maybe $400? And she's looking at me like, that's it? That's all you want to make in a week? Why do you want to make that a week? Because that's what I made at my job. I don't know what's the right answer. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> well, when you don't know a whole lot about business and people are asking these business questions, it's like, well, huh? I don't know. You know, you haven't she thought girl, about it. Homegirl freaked me out. Homegirl was, she didn't come to play. She was ready to turn <laughs> me into a Sue Bright soldier. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny, but it was great because... I needed to hear those questions. I needed to go home and and think about stuff like that. Like, really, how much do I want to make? Mm-hmm. Do I mm-hmm. really want to keep making $400 a week just because that's what I made at my last job? What do I want to make in a year? What type of client am I after? Like, those were questions I hadn't asked myself. I didn't even know to ask myself that type of stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love this story for so many reasons. One, because I adore Sarai. And if you haven't listened to her episode, for those of you listening, she is episode number one. So definitely don't miss her episode. But okay. So one, I love that there wasn't that feeling of like competition and oh, she's a photographer. So I can't, you know, blah, blah. Like that Mm -hmm. kind of energy and mentality just drives me crazy. There's no need for it. Like there's enough clients for all of us. So I love that. Okay. And two, it's one of those things, which I'm sure you can completely relate to this now. When you have come so far and you see someone who has a lot of talent and they're a great photographer still charging the shoot and burn, like I'm going to burn out prices. It's like, it's like once you adopt the, you know, Sue's sort of business model and you see the income that you can make and you work smarter and not harder, it's like you want, I know I do, at least, you know, people, good people want others around to like also be lifted up, mm-hmm. you know, like I have a neighbor right now who's starting her business and she's so good and she's charging so little. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to, every time I see her post her prices, I'm like, no, you need to raise them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like, you really want to help people. And I know that that's what she was doing with you. She probably saw your talent and just, you know, your like bright personality and was like, Jasmine, you can do better, you know? Definitely. She told me later on that when she walked up to me that first time, it was because she saw me and she thought I would be a good person to take photos of. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, when she found out I was a photographer, yeah, she she just she went to town. She was like, "Okay, we you gonna get this work like that's that's how she came at me. And I'm so appreciative of it because it definitely turned me around at an early stage. Mm-hmm. I could mm-hmm. have spent a long time charging $150, $200. This was at this point only my second month in business. Yeah. So she caught me at a very early stage. And, you know, after she talked to me, like she started, she started working with me. She told me about Sue. And at that time it was an in bed with Sue Mm -hmm. and she had the, the 28 days out. At least that's, that's what I first started watching. It might've been out for a while by the time I got to it, but that's what I started watching first. Yeah. It's pretty old. I think it came out in 2012 or 2013. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, it's, it was an older one for sure. When I came around, I think Sue was just getting, she either had already started it or just getting started. I, I think what I remember first, besides the 28 days, was when she introduced all the mentors. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. Yeah, that was right at the start of Sue Bright's education. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When she introduced all the mentors. And, and and so now I have Sarai who's told me this and I'm thinking, okay, well, that's just her. She's just found some way to, you know, do something amazing. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing you know, Sue kind of go, okay, we have this person and we have this person and look at their work and look at that. And this is what they charge. And I'm like, well, I'll be damned. Like, <laughs> this girl is not crazy. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and when she, when Sarai told me what she charged, I thought her brain dropped on the floor. Like, <laughs> my, my response was like, for pictures? That's what, they, that's what you get for pictures? <laughs> And she just, she she was like, yeah, you can charge that too. I was like, girl, shut the front door. You lying. Ain't nobody going to pay me that for my pictures. (laughs) But the other thing that I asked her, I said, why are you telling me this? Why do you want me to know this? Like, you're a photographer too. Why do you even care? Mm -hmm. You know, 
And she was like, well, why wouldn't I? I said, well, you know, competition, especially if we're shooting the same thing. And she says, there's enough room for everybody. I just want you to win. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That gives me the chills. That was the first lesson that I got as far as, you know, community over competition. Mm-hmm. It's a slogan I like, not only because I'm also a part of a group that talks about community over competition a lot, but that was the first time that I saw it in action. Yeah. Like, I don't know if a lot of people have gotten a chance to know this, but Sarai has a really, really big heart. Mm -hmm. And she is so into helping everyone. Like, that is something that she's so good at. But when she helps you, oh, you better do the work. She is not playing (laughs) with you. She is not. (laughs) Well, that's good. I mean, to be held accountable. I mean, if someone is going to help you and mentor you, and that's, I mean, that's Sue too. It's like Mm -hmm. tough love. Mm -hmm. And you have to do the work. I always call Sarai Little Sue. (laughs) Little Sue. That's such a good good description. (laughs) That's pretty funny. So obviously she's telling you, like, you need to raise your prices. And and at that point, were you scared to? Like, did you just do it right away? Were you, you know, what, what did you do? I was scared. The first thing I did was, of course, I told my husband about it. And my husband's looking at me. He had the same response. For pictures? <laughs> <laughs> like, you gonna charge that for pictures? I don't know, babe. <laughs> and he, it wasn't that he was saying that he didn't think I could do that. But he just, he wasn't sure how and what I was going to do to make that value, mm-hmm. to, to show that value was there. I hadn't quite latched on to that understanding yet. All I heard was, you know, these prices that Sarai was throwing out at me and then seeing Sue and, and hearing her talk about it. Now, once Sarai told me about Sue, I really, really started looking into 28 Days and you know, once the the uh, Sue Bryce education started and once I got into the Facebook group, I really started, you know, reading a bunch of what everybody was posting. I started looking at all the videos I could. I was like, Sue Bryce, like, that's all I watched for a long time. I think mm-hmm. I think after a while, people were tired of hearing Sue's voice in, in my living room. Like, oh my God, you're watching Sue again? Again? <laughs> yeah. Can we get a break? <laughs> like... It was a lot. But one thing I do remember is when I decided, okay, I'm going to start at $1,200. i am going to start my packages at $1,200. And I think at the time I said my session fee was going to be $250 at that time. I told another photographer friend of mine who actually taught me how to use lights for the first time. And she was kind of teaching me how to shoot a little bit. And I told her, I said, this is what I'm going to change my prices to. And she took one look at me. And she said, uh, really? And I said, yeah. And she says, you have other photographers that have been around for, you know, 15, 20, 30 years. And they don't charge those prices. So what makes you think that you can charge those prices coming straight out the gate? And it hurt. It hurt my mm-hmm. feelings so mm-hmm. bad. But, you know, me, I ain't going to let nobody see me sweat, you know. <laughs> so I said, well, it's not my problem that they don't know what they're worth. Good answer. That has nothing to do with me. I'm going to charge what I'm worth. And she said, okay, girl. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, girl. <laughs> and for me, I'm one of those people, when you tell me I can't do something— 
oh, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> it's a good motivator, huh? <laughs> Ever since I was a kid, it's always, don't tell her she can't do anything because she's going to take that so seriously. I was told when I was 18, you're not going to be able to get a car. You don't have any credit. You're not going to have to get like an old beat up used car. Nikki, I came out of that <laughs> dealership with a new car, 18. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. As far as changing the pricing, that, it took a while for me to actually make sales off of that. And because of that, because it felt like, like, you know, I always try to tell people if you change your prices, expect people to kind of have that flight from you. Mm-hmm. At first, mm-hmm. because they were used to paying 150 or whatever prices that you were charging. And when you go from 150 and make a jump like that, you're going to have to find almost a new set of clients. You're going to have to find yeah. the clients that yeah. value what you do. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you have to find the value in what you do as well. You have to change your mindset around it. My mindset wasn't there. I was still figuring out what my client experience should be. And of course, I was still trying to sell this to the clients who were paying me $150. So, no, I was not selling, you know, a $250 session fee at $1,200 packages starting. No, I wasn't doing that. It took a while. And because of that, I kind of backslid and started doing mini sessions just to try to get money in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you bring up a bunch of good points there, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's. I think that's one of the bigger questions. And just like my neighbor, where she's like, but... These people are used to paying 150, you know, maybe 200. And I'm like, well, it's time to find new people <laughs> and mm-hmm. show them your new pricing. And and some of those clients, you know, previous clients are going to come with you and some aren't. And that's okay. Like that's it doesn't matter. Like there's more people out there. So that's a good point that you need to just find new people sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to be okay with it. I was definitely mm-hmm. discouraged, but Sarai was just like you're going to get it. It takes time. You just got to get the right mindset. And she would, oh, she used to hurt my feelings too, but she was right. Like she would go, you don't value yourself. (laughs) Like, oh, yes, I do. No, you don't. No, you don't. And it used to make me so mad, but she was so right. (laughs) I think that, I think the thing that I was struggling with was, okay, if I'm not valuing myself, then what am I doing? And what do I need to do to start? Like, mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. what's the switch that I need to flip in my brain that all of a sudden turns from not valuing to valuing myself? Because I always thought, okay, I'm telling people the prices. I feel like those are what I... It, I always thought it was, if you feel like that's what you should charge, then you value yourself. And I felt like that's what I should charge. It wasn't like I was against it. But... There was something going on that Sarai recognized that was just like, you don't, you don't value it. You really don't. And it took me a minute to figure out what the heck she was talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of just like a, it can be just like an arbitrary thing. Like, oh, okay. It's, it's like hard to really wrap your brain around it and, mm-hmm. and really like dig deep and figure mm-hmm. it out. It can be a process. Right. And then you have other people that are giving you other, like, advice, like, fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. that's not really the best advice, honestly. Yeah. You know, act like you got it all together. And then you'll get it together. So what was it? Like, how did you work through it? 
Oh, girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it took a minute. It, I mean, it really took a lot because there's, there's, it was layers to it. It was a lot of layers to it. Mm-hmm. There are layers to getting your mindset wrapped around. Because here's the thing. I feel like entrepreneurship in general, when you start a business, especially if it's a business that you really love and something that you're really supposed to do, there's a certain area where you start kind of discovering yourself. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of self-growth that happens with starting a business. It is so weird because you think that you know who you are, but you get a whole new sense of who you are as you're growing a business. You have to overcome things. You have to have a certain grit. You have to have a certain want, a certain I want this this much. And there's things that Sue would say in her talks, like, how bad do you want it? How much pain are you willing to take to do this thing? Choose your pain. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that, ah, uh, I, I can't tell you how much, it, it was talks like those that made me go, huh, okay. How much pain do I want? How, what is, what is my, this is too much for this business? Where is that line for me? Because remember, I lost my job. You know, my husband was technically the only one working. And if you looked at what the bills that we had and what he had coming in from his job only, it wasn't enough to pay the bills. So I needed to start making money because I did not want to go back to a nine to five. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, okay, how much pain am I willing to take? Am I willing to sit here and worry about money? Am I willing to sit here and not be able to go and eat out and go to restaurants like we're used to? Like, I used to shop. A a sister can shop, okay? I couldn't go and get a pedicure (laughs) anymore. I had not seen the mall in like a year. There were so many things that had to change. My whole idea of what entrepreneurship was. I thought, oh, I'll be walking around in a suit and heels and, oh, I have a meeting here and I have brunch here. And no, girl, <laughs> you got to struggle a little bit. You got to, it's got to get gully up in here. Like, <laughs> you got to really dig deep down and really figure out what your client experience is. What do you want to give these people? Why are you giving it? And for me, when I ask myself, what is the one thing that I'm not willing to give for this business? I'm willing to give my time. I'm willing to fight for it. I'm willing to to learn. I'm I'm willing to do all of that stuff. I'm willing to eat ramen noodles every day. I'm like whatever I got to do. But the one thing I said is, if this starts affecting my marriage, like that's it. I I can't keep going. Yeah. Even. I was prepared to, even if we lose our house, which we almost did lose our house, even if we lose our house, I was okay with it. The the main thing that was hard for me was I got to pull my family through this. And you feel guilty when you're, when you have a dream. Like if it was just me, I have a dream. I'm okay with eating ramen noodles all day and probably, you know, staying where I can and, you know, or rooming up with people. But I got a kid and a husband. And and on top of that, my mother lives with me now. So I'm pulling them through this whole thing. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was just like, I want this, but how badly do I want this? Everybody had to sacrifice. Everybody in my house had to sacrifice, not just me. This didn't just affect me. Right. There were certain things my son couldn't do. And that felt 
bad, but it, I kept thinking to myself, choose your pain. What is too much? And so my line was, if it starts affecting my marriage, then, then I, I guess I have to get a nine to five. And it never got to that point because I have the most supportive guy in the world. I swear every time, I cannot tell you how many times I was crying saying, I'm just going to get a job. I'm just going to get a job. This is not working. And he's just like, no, no, you're not going to get a job. You're going to do this. You decided to do this. We got that camera. You, you're going to do this. Oh, that's so great to have that support. Yes. And I mean, honestly, when you ask me, you know, what made that flip? I don't know. I think it I think it was really a combination of everything. It was a combination of learning from Sarai, having a good coach in her, a good mentor in her, I should say, having a business coach that I also had on the side of Sarai, listening to Sue, going through those challenges, mm-hmm. figuring out a way to make things work. What does Sue say all the time? Find a way? Oh, girl, I know how to find a way <laughs> out of no way. Goodness. There are so many times that I had to figure out how to do things without a studio. Mm-hmm. I just have one camera. I only got one stool. I don't own any lights. I had to figure out how to network. I had, like, all of those things combined. The experience that I dealt with is finally what flipped that switch, honestly. Yeah. And like you said, the emotional piece or like the, you know, I mean, really, it goes back to that self-value piece. And you don't even realize it. And you don't mm-hmm. realize the different layers mm-hmm. until you're like in it. And, and especially mm-hmm. if it's not working, it's like, why? What do I need to change in me? What do I need to realize in me? And when you talk about choosing your pain, mm-hmm. it is, it, it's such a powerful thing. I remember thinking, I knew I didn't have a good relationship with money. I, I knew that. I couldn't mm-hmm. save it for the, the life of me. I was always in debt. It didn't matter how much I made, I would, it would go right back out. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that there was the connection there between my own like self-love and what I was taught as a child. Mm-hmm. And it all just sounds so deep and intertwined because it is. And it's like once you can rectify all of these things, mm-hmm. it changes everything. Like everything. For me, money wasn't too big of an issue except the fact that we weren't treating money right. You know, mm-hmm. we had credit mm-hmm. cards, we had debt. I had to learn what was the wrong ways to handle money. But for me, I think the value part was I had to dig deep into things that happened in my childhood. Not ne- I didn't really go through anything really that deep. I, I just simply had daddy issues. Mm-hmm. I didn't meet my dad until I was eight years old. Oh, wow, yeah. And I had a father figure around who's my stepdad. But... At the time, I don't think I knew exactly how to process meeting my actual dad. At the time, I was like, oh, cool. I got two daddies. <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky. God mm-hmm. loved me so much. He gave me two. Oh, hey. You know, party <laughs> over here. But I think that did affect me and it affected my sense of worth a little bit. And it wasn't until I actually started really digging into my childhood and started realizing, oh, wow, I actually have an issue with my worth. I also want to say, as far as my self-worth, I spent a lot of time not liking myself through my, probably like, like my earlier adult years. I did not like who I was. When my husband met me, he met me when I was about 22. And he said I wasn't confident about myself at all. He could tell I, I did not like myself. I didn't think I was pretty. I didn't think I was worth much. And 
there was this picture that my grandmother showed me. God rest her soul. She passed back in 2012. But there was this picture that she showed me, and it was of my great-grandmother, Lillian. And this woman was just stunning in this picture, in this portrait. She's doing something just as simple as sitting in a chair. And I don't have the photo posted anywhere, but it is on my website. When you go on my About page, there's a video. And I talk about that photo, and that's where it is. She's just, she's just looking in the camera. I don't know what it is. You can see, you can feel her life story in her eyes. You can almost tell what she's been through and see her hopes and dreams and her goals and her pain and her suffering and everything that she's gone through up to that point of taking that photo. And it just made me just go, oh my God, my great-grandmother was beautiful. And everything that I saw in her, I knew I saw in myself. And that changed me. Ugh. Yeah, and so that's so beautiful. When people ask me why is it important to have a portrait. I talk to them about that picture. And I'm like, you have no idea what a portrait will do for somebody down the line. Like, I doubt that there was any part of her brain when she sat down for that photo where she was just like, let me sit down and take this photo because one of these days my great-granddaughter is going to need to see this photo <laughs> so she can find some self-worth in herself and, and feel like, you know, she has a reason to be here. That photo changed my life. And Sarai changed my life. And Sue changed my life. And starting this business really got me to the point where I started really digging and going, okay, Jasmine, what do you want to become here, girl? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just so many things that I think, you know, it's not just about, okay, I want to start a business to make some money because that's honestly how I approached it when I first started it. I'm just right, going to put right. on Facebook that I take pictures and people will come running and pay me money. Girl, no. <laughs> <laughs> not that simple. That ain't going to happen. You got to put your soul, <laughs> your heart, your passion. You got to put everything into this. Choose your pain. Find a way. Mm-hmm, do your mm-hmm. thing. Get a good client experience. What do you want to do this for? What are you trying to change in people's lives? What are you trying to change in your life? There's just so many things. All combined. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the client experience that you still hadn't, you know, when you raised your prices and you still weren't selling at that prices, you were like, I have to still develop that client experience. Do you feel like you've developed it at this point? Yes. I think the only thing that I would like is my own studio. And then my client experience will be exactly what I want it to be. Mm -hmm. I used to have a studio and it was, uh, I was spending a hard time keeping that going because I'm still up and down mm-hmm. and I'm figuring that out. And you know what? You just did an episode with Kat and she said something that clicked, that helped click my mind, actually, where she said she had a conversation with you and you were like, you just need to be consistent. Yeah. And she said, when you said that to her, she was like, oh. And then I said it at the same time. I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> consistency. And it's not that I haven't been, it's not that I haven't been trying to be consistent, but I spend a lot of time networking and trying to get the people in and having the lunches and having the coffees. And then I get them and then I have, okay, I got this shoot. I got this shoot. I got this shoot. And then I'm low again because now I have to build up that pipeline. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then I got to go network and then have the lunches. And then, okay, now I'm busy again. So I'm learning how to 
be consistent. And that made a light bulb go off for me as well. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. okay. We got to figure out a way to do this while I'm shooting. We got to figure out a way to do all the things and really go hard on social media, go hard on networking and all the things while I'm shooting. Yeah. So I'm at the process right now where I'm working on that consistency. I know that I can sell, you know, right now my average sale is 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 a $2,000 sale. I can get that no problem. Once I got you, girl, I got you, okay? Yeah, yeah. You're going to like these pictures. Yep, yep. But it's just making sure I get the people in. Yeah, for sure. And for those of you listening, Kat's episode, if you want to hear that, is number 19. So just for reference. But yeah, you know, it, it is. It is about being consistent. And and I love that you know once you get them in the door, mm-hmm. like you're confident that you're going to take beautiful photos. And I know you will because your photos are gorgeous. Thank you. So do you remember the first time you booked someone and made a big sale like that? <laughs> it was a sale I wasn't expecting to get. <laughs> so it was this guy. But, you know, we always think, you know, women, women are emotional buyers. And it's true. It is true. But this guy came to me and he wanted photos. He was a, a hip hop choreographer and he wanted photos for that. So then, you know, when I told him my process, he was just like, oh, that's a little different. And, you know, I said, you know, I have the design session. We're going to sit down. We're going to plan your photo shoot, plan your outfits. Then we're going to have your four-hour shoot, a four-hour photo shoot. Yep, we're going to have a four-hour photo shoot. And then we'll have your reveal. And I'll show you the best 25 photos. And you choose whichever one you want. Wow, okay, this is different than what I, okay, well, how much is it? Okay, here we go. (laughs) <laughs> so I tell him how much it is and he's like, oh, oh. <laughs> he's like, okay, well, I heard that you were the best and I've seen your work and I've been watching you for a good year. So I got to have my photos done by you. So that's that's what we're going to do, right? And I'm like, oh man, this guy's been watching me for a year. You know, at that time I was posting a lot on social media, you know, on Instagram, Facebook. And there was one girl that I took photos of that happened to be a friend of his. And he was like, I saw her photos and I've been watching you for a year since then. So yeah, yeah, we're going to do this. I did everything I could to give him this client experience that I was building. Mm -hmm. And so I had just got done reading The E-Myth and I was trying to like, okay, how do I get into the mind of my clients and figure out (laughs) what they'll like? So I gave him this questionnaire to fill out and it was asking him questions, you know, like, what is your idea of like the best day ever? And if you could have any food or whatever in the world or any drink in the world, what would it be? And, you know, what's the best time of day for you? Do you consider yourself a morning person or a night person? Or, you know, it was just little questions like that, that like, it doesn't say exactly what I'm asking, but it gives me an idea from his answer of who he is. So he answered it. He said his favorite food was like cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory and that he wasn't a morning person. And, you know, it asked what was his favorite music. So basically when we had his design session, I went to his house. I put all of his outfits together from shoes, pants, even even baseball caps, put outfits together for his fiance, for his son. And I mean, he was just amazed. He was just amazed. And then I just came up with it on the spot like, hey, 
this is a lot of clothes to be bringing. This is five outfits and then some for, you know, your fiance and, and your son. So would it be easier if I just take these with me and then make sure they're steamed and ready when you get to the photo shoot? Oh, nice. He's like, you do that? And I was like, yeah. And I'm thinking in my head, I do now. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally just made it up. And he's like, he's like, okay, well, yeah, let's do that. I said, yeah, that way you don't have to worry about forgetting anything. And I'll make sure everything's steamed and ready for you. You just bring yourself and your fiance and your kid. He's like, okay, cool. Then when it, the photo shoot came, I made sure that everything was ironed. I made sure that everything was steamed, hanging up nicely. I made sure to pick up a cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory. He had chocolate-covered strawberries as well. We made sure to have his favorite music playing, which was like Kendrick Lamar. And like, <laughs> he came in and he was just like, oh my God. <laughs> it's like, this is perfect. Now that's like going above and beyond. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like, he was so happy. So I got plenty of smiles. He was feeling good the entire photo shoot. We did so many photos. And then when it came to seeing his photos, he he picked my lowest package. He wanted more photos, but they were like in between packages. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so he needed to pay me an extra 500 for that. So he was like, okay, I'm going to do this package, but then I'm going to buy more next month. But he gave me the 1500 in cash. And like, I'm looking at this cash in my hand, right? $1,500 in my hand. <laughs> the best feeling, isn't it? And I'm sitting there trying not to act as ghetto as possible, <laughs> jumping up and down like, I got $1,500. Like, I'm, I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, it's in my hand. I, oh, my God. So good. It's the best feeling. So I'm trying to be I'm trying to be like real calm. I'm trying to have that Barack Obama kind of like, OK, this is cool. This is normal. Thank you. Thank you. OK. This happens all, right. all the time. When would you like to make your next payment? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was great. And I didn't expect that. That was another huge lesson that I learned. He wasn't what I would have looked at as like, okay, I got to get those rich clients. I got to get those, you know, upper echelon clients. This dude lived five minutes down the street from me in an apartment building. Like, he didn't look like he had money like that. And he gave it to me in cash. If I would have judged him and not gone above and beyond because I didn't think he could afford me. First of all, I would have insulted him. And second, I wouldn't have had $1,500 in my hand. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that taught me a huge lesson where it was just like, okay, I don't need to look for the rich people. I need to look for the people who value what I'm doing. And I need to find a way to bring them even more value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he told everybody, like, this girl got me cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> there, after that, his review was like, this is the best photographer in town. She got me cheesecake and she <laughs> played my favorite music. And I love her. If you don't go to her, you don't go to a photographer. Like, that's, that's how he felt about it. So he, he was great. That's the best. Yes. That's the best. Now, is your experience that you kind of described with him, is that something that you do now with your clients, with every client? It has kind of changed up a bit. My, my chocolate-covered strawberry girl moved, and I haven't been able to find a good <laughs> lady since then. I'm still looking because I would very much like to bring that back. Now, I just make sure that I bring a bunch of lemonade because that's my favorite drink. So every time people have a photo shoot with me, I make sure I pick up some lemonades and they can help themselves. I've been in a studio setting where I had the whole makeup room and everything. 
But now I am, you know, with COVID-19 and everything, things are so uncertain. I'm really not comfortable having a studio rent. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I use a shared studio. And then there's plenty of people that allow me to rent their places out. Listen, here's another thing that happens when networking. People trust you. Mm-hmm. So smart. So smart. There's a whole bunch of people around here that trust me with their keys, honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is so smart. I do the same thing now. I'm in a shared studio in Seattle because I was like, this is stupid. I'm paying like $1,100 a month. You know, obviously I don't live there now. So I was going mm-hmm. back and forth, but I'm like, this is dumb. So now, you know what I pay? Mm. $250 a month. And I get to use it for like 16 hours a month for $250. Wow. It's just being smart. Like it's smart for you to share a studio. Wow. And But the, see, the thing is I have studio furniture that's in storage right now. So I kind of need mm. a place to stick that. Right. And then if someone leaves a studio, you know, a little messy from their session, then I have to clean it up. Oh, see, yeah, that's where it gets a little bit tricky. That's the thing where I'm just like, yo, after this COVID-19 stuff, I'm looking for another studio. But right now, it fits right now because right now I'm only paying like 130. But Oh, yeah, that's great. There have been a lot of photo shoots that I've had within the past month where I've had to go and rent out these other places that people give me their keys to. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've and and you know that's two hundred dollars that I'm having to pay for each session. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still coming out almost a thousand dollars anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. But either way, I feel like it just depends on what works for you at the time. But if you're in a situation where you know you can't have a studio, get to know people, get to network with mm-hmm. people, build relationships, and yes, build relationships with other photographers because there may be other photographers that have places that they go to shoot and they may let you use them. Or don't be afraid to look at things that don't always seem like the obvious studio situation. A lot of the places that I've shot, especially now, are people's houses. Like there's a Mm, loft mm -hmm. downtown. When I need that loft, I go and rent it out from her. There is a beautiful house on another side of town, beautiful floor-to-ceiling windows. It's like this modern contemporary kind of feel. It's private, and she has so many cool places to shoot there. And I just rent her place out. And it's her home. Like, she lives there. Yeah, yeah. There are sometimes venues you can use. You know, when you you get really creative with, okay, I'm not just looking for the obvious, okay, is this a studio setup? You know, look at different places. Anytime that I've ever been in, like, a really cool place, whether it's somebody's house or otherwise, I'm not afraid to go, hey— thought about renting this place out this might be kind of cool and they go really yeah they go well what do you pay me there was one time I went to a uh, a bridal gallery huge place beautiful beautiful setup in the bridal gallery and I asked her you ever thought about renting this place out to photographers she says do you think I could do that hell yeah you could do that I'll pay for it (laughs) well and and yeah you're exactly right it's like Whatever works for you at the time is fine. It's just all about making it work. Look outside of the box at the option. You're exactly right about about that. And that might change. Like, if you would have asked me four years ago if I would have had a shared studio with four other photographers, I would have been like, no, mm -mm, not happening. Mm -hmm. But now Mm -hmm. life has changed for me. Things are different now. And that works. Mm -hmm. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's just being flexible and just allowing yourself to do what needs to happen at the present time. 
being flexible and being creative, which is what we do, is be creative. Mm -hmm. And it's like that Mm -hmm. in the client experience as well. My client experience has had to go through, you know, changes, you know. Am I still buying people cheesecake? No. (laughs) (laughs) But I am finding ways to to make them smile as much as I can. I am finding ways to really dig deep into what it is that they ask me for, whether that's in the design session. And, you know, now I'll, I'll help people go shopping. Like that's a part of my process that wasn't there before. If someone feels like they need so much help where they need me to either go through their closet with them or they need me to help them go and shop for clothes, I do that. I offer that. And it's part of their session fee. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's so great. So you, you had mentioned that your average sale is about $2,000 now. Mm-hmm. Take us through your pricing. What does your pricing look like? So I charge a $750 session fee, and 400 of that goes towards their purchase. Okay. And my packages start at 1800 and my biggest package is 3000 Awesome. Sweet. Yeah, that's really great. And how, how many shoots are you doing per month do you average? Well, it's hard to say with COVID now because we were so down different. for a while. You know, that messed with my, mm-hmm. that just messed with me a little bit. That hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Well, even like pre, like before COVID or, you know. Right now, I'm this month alone, I've had, let's see, I'm at about six photo shoots. That's awesome. That's great. I usually have anywhere between two to six photo shoots. Yeah, that's great. And that's where I mean where I want to get more of that consistency because mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. two is when, you know, I've been doing the six photo shoots and I've been so busy with those. And then I, I didn't take time to really market myself to get more coming. And then I'll have that month where it's just like two. Yeah, yeah. It's really insightful for you, though, to look at it like that. Like, okay, where am I going wrong? Oh, when I'm too busy right. with shooting, I'm not networking or whatever. Like, it's I love that you have that self-reflection. I think that's what's really helped me, especially when we were talking earlier about the mindset. It's just one thing that Sue says all the time is, it's you. It's you. It's mirrored back to you. What what do you need to change? What do you need to do? There was a time where I was like, you know, people just don't want to pay for pictures. People just mm-hmm, don't want to do mm-hmm. we, We're in Knoxville, Tennessee. We in, It's not like we in Chicago. Like, you know, I would think that. Mm-hmm. But now I got to the point where I was like, wait a minute, Sarai is in the same city and she is killing it. Mm-hmm. So what's my excuse? You know, when you look, when you turn it on yourself like that, you're like, oh, girl, you, you slacking. You are slacking. Yep. It opens up a whole new world. I had to really ask myself, OK, what do I need to change? One of the main things that I had to change was my branding. When I started my business, it was J-Way Photography. And there was no thought at all put into my branding or the name of my business. I mean, I had literally got fired in April and started a business in June. Do you really think there was a lot of thought that went into that? <laughs> I didn't have a, a whole ton of thought into the, the logo and the colors and the experience and the, the way my brand should sound and who my client should be. I didn't have any thought of that. I just started it. And things were kind of all over the place. I was taking photos of everything. But then I changed it from J-Way Photography to Javon Renee Portraits and changed the branding, changed the colors, figured out who my client is and figured out what I wanted my client experience to be. And it's been like people have been loving it ever since then. And that happened January of 2019. Wow. Yeah. So you went a couple of years then with your old branding and then, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Javon Renee Portraits. Well, I love your branding now. I love your color scheme, you know, on your website and everything. It's like classic. It's sharp. It's beautiful. Yes. And the mess I had to go through to learn how to do my website, honey. It's <laughs> <laughs> not fun, is it? Listen, I love kind of tinkering on my website, but would I do that as a job? No, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am. But I do love how it looks. It's from me. And I I think that's one reason why I have so much pride in my website, because I sat there and I built it. And Javon Renee Portraits is more of me accepting that, okay, yes, I am a photographer. This is me. I'm stepping in the forefront. Because even with J-Way Photography, I didn't really put myself out there much. I didn't stand there as the face of my business much. I was really hiding. And now I'm like, yo, I'm here. And you just gonna have to like me the way I am. And if you if you don't, that's fine. That's good. I'm not for everybody. That's cool. I'm good. But, <laughs> you know, Javon Renee Portraits, those are my two middle names. So, and I felt like, it's so funny because I used to hate my middle names. I hated them. But now I love them. And I feel like they sound so expensive. Like a Ferrari, is that what Sue says? Like a Ferrari. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like when people say Javon Renee Portraits, it's like, oh, it's fancy, honey. I love it. It's just so, it sounds so valuable and luxurious and opulent. And I also want it to sound fun and approachable and, and come on in and discover yourself. I love the brand change. I can't imagine being anything else now. Yeah, it's great. And again, some of your work is just beautiful. There's this one photo that always stands out to me, and it's the mother nursing her little girl. And I just, it's so strong and so beautiful. And it just, it gives me chills to look at. Now, there's something special about that photo. And you're going to crack up when I tell you this, okay? So I submitted that photo to the Portrait Masters Awards Mm -hmm. and accreditation when they first started it. Mm Mm-hmm. I wasn't planning on, I mean, I had never entered my photo for anything. I don't submit my photos for for magazines and things like that. So I wasn't expecting anything. It was just kind of like, okay, we'll see how this go. Girl, I'm at the mall. I'm minding my business. And all of a sudden, I get a text message from Sarai. Oh, my God, you got second place. Oh, my God. And I'm like, what is she talking about? Second place and what? So I call her, and Sarai is literally like, I have never sound her so excited. And she's just like, you got second place! You got second place! And I'm like, second place? What are you talking <laughs> So I was like, listen, I'm going to drive to your studio because I can't understand what you're saying at all. I drive to her studio. She shows me the gallery from the top winners of each category, and I'm number two in contemporary portrait. And it's my photo. It says Jasmine Newton. I'm just looking at it. I'm just staring at it. And I look at her and she's looking at me like she's got like the biggest smile ever. (laughs) So awesome. I love it. And I was like, oh, okay. That's cool. She looks at me like, are you? That's cool. Like, that's all you're going to say. Is that because you don't let people see you sweat? Like you said. (laughs) I didn't know how to respond. I didn't even know what being number two in contemporary portrait meant. I didn't, I didn't know what to think. It's huge. It's huge. She was just like, are you not excited? I was like, it's cool. <laughs> I, I could tell she wanted to just knock my head off because she had this look like, are you crazy? 
That's hilarious. <laughs> so that was the very first time that, I mean, it wasn't the first time that I felt good about my work. I felt good about my work plenty of times before that, but it was that validation that I needed. Yeah, that helps. It's nice to have that, isn't it? Yeah, like it was that, that like judges looked at this and this is how they felt about it. This is this is how good you are. You are a professional photographer. This is professional work. You got a silver for it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, oh my God. I mean, it's it's one of my favorite photos to this day. And there were so many other people that saw it. And it got shared so many times, especially in the breastfeeding arena of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were people from other schools in town that had seen that photo and they recognized the lady because she was picking up her kids from school. Wow. And they were like, oh, my God, I know your photo. Like, it's, it's, it was so crazy. It was, it was so surreal to me. I, I didn't even know how to respond to it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's so cool. And, and, you know, and as much as it would be great if we could just not need external validation, it really is nice, especially something like that. Mm-hmm. It just, it does. It makes you feel like, okay, this just, it just verifies that you're on the right path, you know? Yeah. 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 I'm just really proud of you just thinking about, you know, when you were burned out in customer service and just not wanting to do it anymore and getting fired. And then, Mm -hmm. I mean, look where you are now. You're doing so great. I love it. I love it. And it hasn't even been that long either. Because that was in like what? It's been five years. Yeah. Yeah. I just made five years this June and I've learned so much and I'm still learning so much. Mm -hmm. And now... I mentor other photographers and I'm involved in so many things. And I get that crazy look when I'm talking to other photographers and they're wondering why I'm talking to them. Yeah. And I I get that crazy look that I gave Sarai five years ago. I get that crazy look that I gave Sarai when I tell them how much they should be charging. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it's so cool. And I love doing what I do and I love talking to people about how powerful, I actually tell people, walk in your power. That's one big lesson that I have to say that I also got. And this wasn't from Sue. This was from a girl. I was doing a photo shoot of her and she was, she seemed a little nervous when she came in. She was a little late. And I said, is everything okay? And she said, girl, I almost didn't show up. And I said, why? She said, I'm just so nervous. I just you know, I, I don't know if these pictures are going to come out well. I said, it's fine. She said, but I knew I had to show up because, girl, girl, I'm scared of you. You intimidating. And I said, <laughs> I said, I'm intimidating. Why am I intimidating? And now, this is something that's been said to me practically my whole life, Nikki. Okay? Really? People have always told me that I'm intimidating. And I, I had this moment, like, what am I doing? I'm five foot three, okay? I, I might act like I got a little bit of an attitude, but I'm not going to bite, you know? <laughs> like a little chihuahua, you know? Yeah, online you've always seen <laughs> seemed like just so fun and like just such a bright, fun personality, you know? Right. And aside from the fact that I do say what I mean, like I, I don't consider myself intimidating. But she said, no, 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 don't mistake me. I don't mean that in a bad way and you shouldn't take it in a bad way. What I mean is that you're powerful. When you walk mm. in a room, people notice it and they feel it. You don't have to say a word. When you speak, People hear you. That's powerful. And you just need Mm. to walk in that. And I was just like, oh, 
So basically, I'm a queen. Okay, I got you, girl. <laughs> All right. So ever since then, I've been, I've had that at the forefront in my mind. When when something's happening, something I'm not sure I can do. When I got a new thing that I'm doing, when when I still have moments where I'm not sure about my business because I'm still in the process of growing it, you know, I have to tell myself, walk in your power. You are powerful, girl. Mm-hmm. Walk in it. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that you need, you got. You got it before you even came to this world. When you packed your bags on your way to earth, God put these powerful things in your luggage with you. So you are more than capable of accomplishing everything that he set you on this earth for. And I have to keep telling myself, I'm powerful. Walk in it. Mm-hmm. I love that. And to me, that's very different than you're intimidating. You know, like intimidating is like you're purposefully trying to Mm -hmm. like have power over people or whatever. But walking in your power and just owning owning that is such a different way to look at it. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was powerful just for her to tell me that. Nobody's ever Mm -hmm. told me that I'm powerful. I mean, mean, my mom has told me, but you know, that's my mom. (laughs) Like she bias. Right. But no one else has ever told me that I'm powerful. And when she said it, and, and I don't know if it was just the way that she said it, when she was like, when you walk in a room, people people notice. You have an aura about you. I was just like, okay, I got a little something-something. That's basically what she's saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I have to be very mindful of my of my emotions because I'm, I'm a what people, I guess, would call an empath. So mm-hmm. I feel things very deeply. yeah. I take things on that I don't even realize belong to somebody else and not me sometimes as far as yeah. emotions and feelings go. And when I have that, that's where I also have to think about that poem that Sue talked about with uh, the guest house. Yes, yep. Girl, I got that poem posted right next to my desk. When I get up in my feelings, I read that poem and I picture that guest house in my head. And that poem has helped me through so many times where I have thought about quitting my business. Wow. Because it is hard. Yeah. And it is, you look at other photographers like Sarai, like you, like Sue, and you go, man, they're so successful and I'm I'm still trying to get there. People look at me and they think, oh my God, I'm trying to get to where you are. And I'm like, girl, I'm still working. Well, that's exactly right. People absolutely look at you that way. For sure. I remember when I reached out to you and I was like, hey, you know, I had been following you for a while and I'm like, hey, do you want to do you want to do the podcast with me? And you're like, who, me? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you're like, did you get the wrong Jasmine? I'm like, no, pretty sure I didn't get the wrong one. You know, like Jasmine Newton, I know. So. Well, because I always had this idea of the mentors and the podcast and, you know, everything Sue Bryce related. I just always felt like, you know, there's this like. I don't know, like the secret society of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not so like secret in- and we're just like totally normal people. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I just always felt like, you know, these are the photographers that made it and they're making like, I don't know, tons and tons of money a month. And and I, I just always felt like, you know, I'm not there yet. I'm getting, I'm going to be there, girl. You're going to see me at the mountaintop. Okay, you heard oh, I me. Know. I know. But <laughs> I just, you know, I just looked at myself like I'm on my way, but I'm not there yet. So yeah, when you messaged me, I was like, uh, I think you made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you follow someone for a while and you see their work and everything and, 
you hear what they have to say just just through your work and your comments and your posts and everything, you get a good idea mm-hmm. for someone and, and really how successful they are. And I feel like you're not giving yourself enough credit. I mean, you are where a lot of people, a lot of people wish they were. So I just hope that you will give yourself more credit. I mean, that doesn't mean that, you know, you shouldn't push yourself to have more and, and have bigger goals because I know you have those goals and I'll know you achieve, I know you'll achieve them, but yeah, I just hope you're giving yourself enough credit because you 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 are, you're very successful. Well, I'm definitely going to take that lesson and I'm going to put that in my bag of lessons now. Give yourself a credit, <laughs> credit girl. Pat yourself on the back every now and then. Thank you, Nikki girl. Yes, <laughs> exactly, you know. So, yeah, very proud of you. Well, we are at the point now where I have to ask you all of the questions that I ask at the end of every segment. Mm -hmm. Will you answer those for me? Sure. All right. So number one is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? My phone. (laughs) Really? My phone, because I do a lot of behind the scenes with it, and... I'm usually, you know, when when my stylist is doing the hair and makeup, I'm picking it up and and taking video with it and saving it for things to to share with her or on my social media. And then a lot of times I have the the inspiration board because we I make an inspiration board with my clients during their design session. Okay. So I frequently look at that to remind myself of, you know, the direction that we're trying to go. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I love that a lot. Very cool. Okay, number two, how do you spend your time when you're not working? Watching YouTube, and it's either like business, like self-help type of business videos or makeup videos. Ooh, makeup. You're interested in makeup? Now, okay, I'm a full-blown tomboy. I have six brothers, so it took a while. Six brothers? Yes, I just started learning how to use makeup last year. But let me tell you, once I started doing my makeup, you could not catch me in makeup before. You couldn't catch me in makeup, skirts, shorts, anything. I still don't wear shorts. I still don't wear skirts. But I will wear some makeup. Fenty Beauty, come on, girl. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I love wearing it. And then I'll even go and jump on Facebook Live every now and then and, and do my makeup and tell them what I'm putting on. Everybody loves how I do my makeup now. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, makeup is, I have like such a love-hate for it. Really? Oh, yeah. I've never enjoyed wearing it, but. This is what made me fall in love with it. Makeup, the way you put it on, is almost just like the way you edit someone's face on a photo. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like where you put the highlights and the contour, that's where you do the dodge and burn on someone's face. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Maybe once these kids get older, I'll have more time to... I was like, oh my God, this is the same thing. That's true. It's a really good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, number three. What's your favorite inspirational quote? My favorite inspirational quote? Oh my gosh. Find a way. Soup rice. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's a good one. <laughs> Very true. And you do have to find a way. There's something about that that rings in my head just as much as, as walking your power. Like I said, there's so many times where I don't know how I'm going to do something. Something seems impossible. And there's always a way. There always is. You just got to 
open the box in your head and think creatively, which is something we should be good at doing. Yeah. Yeah. Solid advice. That's for sure. Okay. Number four, what would you say to people who are just getting started? Find a way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, girl. That's what I would say. But I would say you don't have to spend a ton of money up front. Ooh, I love that. Don't feel like you have to have all of the wardrobe, the best studio, the best this, the best backdrops, the best painted backdrops. You don't have to have all of that for people to take you seriously. I have, as far as what I own, I have one camera. The lenses, I just have three of them for the camera. And I have a couple of stools and I got a couple of seamless paper backdrops. I love it. Simplicity is best. Right. I don't own any lights. You know, I've been kind of in and out of the studio, but I don't own a studio right now. I just started a wardrobe that I haven't really been able to use because it's in storage right now. (laughs) (laughs) But I can still produce something awesome with what I have. You just got to know your camera. You got to know what your camera can do. And you got to know how to work the heck out of a stool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the truth? Work those poses. I know people are going to ask, what are your three lenses? So the lens that I use is, it's an 18-135. Mm-hmm. And I use this one the most, which is funny because in the beginning, I barely ever picked this up unless I was making videos. But I use it a lot now. The second lens I have is my Nifty 50. Mm-hmm. My husband bought it for me. I should also say that it was my husband who made me get my camera in the first place. Oh, that's awesome. It was my husband who got my Nifty 50. It was my husband who bought my Wacom tablet. Anytime that I told him I needed something, he always tried to make sure I got it. So that's where that support comes from. And I'll always go, no, no, it's too expensive. And he's like, it's for your business? Yeah, I'm getting it. And next thing you know, it's there. So sweet. And then the last one I have is my pancake lens, and that's my 24. Awesome. Very cool. It's probably my second favorite. My Nifty 50, I used to use all the time. I haven't picked this thing up in probably two years. Really? Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. always using either my 24 or my 18 to 135. Fantastic. It's good to have a good range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, last question for you is where can we find you if people are looking for you online? Javon Renee Portraits on everything. Everything? Yes, I said everything. (laughs) (laughs) So on Facebook, on Instagram, LinkedIn, Javon Renee Portraits, and then JavonReneePortraits.com. And that is Mm J-A-V-O-N-R-E-N-E-E. Yes, ma'am. Just so people know. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time out to do this with us today. It's been really fun talking with you, and I got to learn so much cool stuff about you. Thank you, and I really appreciate you having me and giving me the honor to be on one of my favorite podcasts. I'm just, I'm tickled pink about this, and I can't even get pink. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I hope you end up doing, you're funny too, so I hope you end up doing, you know, I know you said you wanted to be on like Bad Boys to make people laugh or whatever, so. Maybe one day. Hopefully you'll do some sort of comedy one day. Yeah. Maybe one day. But you know what? I love photography so much. The singing and the acting, that's that's in the past. You know, I did what I needed to do, and I'm happy with what I've done in that. Yeah. The photography, 
I really want to open up a school one day. I want to keep doing photography until I kick the bucket. And I want to get into speaking and doing more mentoring. So that's where I'm focused now. Oh, awesome. Very cool. And you can pay it forward like Sarai did for you. That one, you know. Definitely. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you again. And I will see you in the Sue Bryce Education Facebook group and also on Instagram where, and on Facebook because we're friends there too. So I will see you online. All right, girl. All right, thanks again. Thank you so much for listening today to the Portrait System Podcast. If you like what you heard, we would really love for you to leave us a five-star review either on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And I really, really want to encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com. Over there, you can find all of the education you need to become a successful photographer. It's only $35, and there are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 12-week startup program that I love. And there are posing downloads, lighting downloads. I mean, truly everything to help make you not only a better photographer, but to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.